What's going on, guys? And welcome into the pregame presser with Alexander Plant and Sean McDonald. Sean, how's it going, man? Doing great. I hope everybody's having a fantastic week. As this weekend, we will see the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs as they come into Tuscaloosa for this uh, huge matchup we got here this weekend. That's right, and stick around towards the end of the podcast. I'm going to get to talk to William Newland, who covers the Georgia Bulldogs for the Red and Black in Athens. So now we're going to get into, first, the offense. Sean, what does the offense have to do to win this game this weekend? Well, the offense has looked great this year. Alabama comes in with 51 points per game. That's first in the nation, along with yards per game being at an average of 560. That gives you the fourth best in the nation among FBS schools and then points per play Alabama has the highest points per play in the number one in the nation they score a touchdown or a field goal every seven plays with an average of 8.5 yards per play that'll also give you the number one ranking in the nation for that statistical category the offense has looked great overall but I want to highlight the Georgia defense real quick as what they are giving up compared to these gaudy numbers that Alabama offense is putting up over these first three games. Georgia comes in as the seventh ranked best defense in the nation, only allowing 12 points per game and opposing yards per game being 236 yards. That gives you the second best in the nation for that Georgia Bulldogs defense. Overall, the offense is going to have to keep doing what it's doing. Mac Jones comes in after these last two games. He's the first Alabama quarterback in history to have back-to-back 400-yard completion games. I think, honestly, the offense doesn't miss a stride. Uh, Najee coming in this week, you got to love the confidence that he's going to give you. Uh, He comes in off five touchdowns overall um, last week against the Ole Miss Miss defense. And if it comes down to it, all in all, this might end up being a shootout, but it might not be. But I'm leaning towards more that the Alabama offense won't struggle I don't think the Alabama offense struggles. I think you get a lot of production out of Mac Jones and those Alabama wide receivers along with Najee Harris. But I don't think that Alabama defense struggles as much against that Georgia offense like it did against the Ole Miss uh, offense this past weekend. That's a great point. And, you know, to attest to those numbers from Alabama's offense, you know, I really thought that we would see a lot of this same production uh, from the running game, not necessarily from the pass game. You know, if you would have asked me six months ago who I thought was going to win the Heisman of anybody on Alabama's team, it would have been Najee Harris. But Mac Jones is really looking like a Heisman contender. Currently, he is uh, has the second highest odds, according to Fox Sports Bet, uh, for to win the Heisman. Najee Harris is still in the top ten, but Mac Jones is really up there. And one thing that Mac Jones and Najee Harris have both accredited uh, their success to this year is this offensive line. Now, it's highly talented, highly veteran, lots of experience. But the really the important thing that I've noticed is that Mac Jones does not get any pressure. The offensive line has only allowed two sacks so far, and Mac Jones is not really your typical quote-unquote mobile quarterback. I, I think that he's more of a stationary guy. Now, Steve Sarkeesian has him running a lot of play action, which you know gets him a little more space in the pocket. However, that offensive line still has to be able to cover him. And, you know, they're playing SEC defenses. This isn't like, you know, we're playing Big 12 defenses. And they're hanging 51 points a game, which is very impressive. I think that a lot of that credit goes to the Alabama offensive line. Sean, what do you think? 
Yeah, I highlight the offensive line a lot. Last week, definitely on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the Alabama O-line definitely had their best game. Najee had over 200 yards rushing. And, I mean, Mack had over 400 in the air. So the passing, the pass block and the run block were definitely good last week. It was definitely their their first complete game, I'd say, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, both both versus run and pass. But I think that will definitely be harder this weekend against Georgia's defense as it's way better, in my opinion, than the uh, Ole Miss defense. Although it is SEC talent, Alabama having that much success against the Ole, Ole Miss team. But overall – it is a, a good sign if you're going into Georgia that the offensive line was able to produce like that and giving our our running backs good running lanes to, to uh, run through and uh, make cuts and then also having Mac Jones be very successful in the passing game. What do you think overall, what are your impact players for the offensive side of the football just this weekend? This weekend, I think it's huge on Mac Jones. Um, highlighting him, he's really going to have to make the – believe he's going to have to play his most complete game. I believe we saw that last week as his most complete game. But this game right here, you know Kirby Smart's going to have certain schemes dialed up for him to pick apart and try to get the most pressure possible on that Alabama offensive line and have Mac Jones force throws. Uh, you got to see Mac Jones this weekend. If the throw isn't there, throw it away. Don't try to extend too many plays. Make the right play, check down and whatnot. But Mac Jones is the key this weekend. He holds the keys to that offense. And if he can do anything like he did last week versus Ole Miss at Alabama offense, should be all right. But it all lies in his hands this weekend. You might see a little bit of uh, – more of uh, maybe handing the football off to Najee to take some pressure off of him. But it, this game definitely is going to rely on huge third-down conversions from Mac Jones and extending drives to get points against that Georgia defense. I've got to say, I think my impact player this week is going to be multiple players in terms that it's going to be the Alabama offensive line. Regardless, Kirby Smart is either going to be focusing on Mac Jones or Najee Harris, which means – He's either going to try to stop the run or he's going to be trying to send pressure to stop Mac Jones. Both of those have are, are completely reliant on the offensive line, whether or not it fails or succeeds, to get a good run game going, protect Mac Jones. This offensive line, this is going to be the toughest test they have all year, the most talented front seven that they're going to have. If they can move the ball easily in the run game or protect Mac Jones in the pass game, the skill players are obviously – more talented than Georgia's defensive backs and linebackers in zone or man. The offensive line has just got to do their job this weekend, and I think it's going to be an easy cruise for Alabama. But anyways, let's get into the defensive players now, Sean. Who do you think your impact player on defense is going to be this week? Although last week, obviously, everybody saw Pete Golding and that Alabama defense struggle, uh, I think this actually this, this Georgia offense with a walk-on quarterback in Stetson Bennett uh, – gives the Alabama defense a better look and a breather. You really don't think that, I mean, you would say that Georgia wouldn't come out and try to run hurry up, which although Kirby Smart could have talked to Lane Kiffin this past week and maybe you see him work in some stuff like that. But you know that Georgia's going to be traditional one back, pound the ball. They have four capable running backs of doing this, and they will rotate them out frequently. I think it's a huge thing on the Alabama front four. You're going to see a mix of D.J. Dale, um, Will Anderson, maybe even a little bit of Drew Sanders, Barmore, and those guys up front, LeBron Ray, they really have to get pressure. Uh, we, Alabama has struggled heavily this year on getting pressure. 
And if you want to have any success, we're going to have to stop the run and we're going to have to force them into third and long where you have to face that walk-on quarterback and see if he can actually beat you. You want to force that Georgia offense to beat you with their quarterback and not just be able to run the ball all day. I think the huge key is that Alabama defensive line and if they can get pressure and stop that run early and often this Saturday. I I totally agree with you. Uh, One thing I'd like to point out is – you know, Alabama has struggled against Ole Miss in the past. Uh, the last two games that Alabama has actually lost to Ole Miss was in the 2014 and then the 2015 season. And off of both of those losses, Alabama has is on a mission to prove that they are still that good of a team. Obviously, Alabama got the win last weekend, but they really struggled against the Ole Miss offense. I think that this team rallies behind the fact that Nick Saban is not going to be there this Saturday due to COVID. They're going to be out to help Pete Golding and prove that his defensive scheme works. Uh, if you look at those two losses to Ole Miss about five and six years ago, the, the most important games right after those losses, Alabama shut out the number eight team, Georgia, in 2015 and beat them 38-10. to 10. And then the year before, they beat Texas A&M, who was highly ranked at the time, 58-0. to I think that you're going to see a defense that we haven't seen in the past five to six years, uh, especially with the point that you mentioned. This is a very two-dimensional Georgia offense. The problem that Alabama has had these last two games is that they're trying to go up against a three-dimensional offense because that also includes a running quarterback, and that really kind of cancels out Alabama's most important player, Dylan Moses. With Dylan Moses at the helm this weekend, being able to do every single thing he can to stop the run, look for George to have to put the ball into Stetson Bennett's hand. And I I really don't think that he's going to have that great of a game. Overall, Sean, do you think that Saban missing is is going to be a huge problem for this team? I don't think it's a huge problem. But in the past, you've seen how Saban like maybe sometimes keeps the reins, as I would say, on an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator because of what he wants control of. With Saban not being there, although he probably has a game plan knowing him that he has in place for, uh, for Sarkeesian and Golding to run, on the offensive side of the ball, since Sarkeesian has been named as the guy who's going to be the head coach this weekend against the Georgia Bulldogs, in my opinion, you might see the most open an Alabama playbook has ever been. I mean, it might make Saban mad overall if you look at it, and Sarkeesian might be in the doghouse. But if Alabama can get that win this weekend, I think all all bets are off. The main thing, obviously, anytime you go into a game is, is winning the ball game. But this weekend, I'm going to highlight that Sarkeesian has an open playbook, and we might see the most open an Alabama offense has been since – since even before Saban was there. And I think it's a, that's a real interesting key on how much reign Sarkeesian actually has and if the playbook is limited or if Sarkeesian's just going to open it wide up. And we might see some offensive plays and, I mean, even maybe some trick plays that we possibly never would see if Saban was on that sideline this Saturday. I definitely think you're right there. Uh, you know, Saban obviously is, is going to have a hard time chewing him out like that inf- infamous yelling at Lane Kiffin yeah. <laughs> over over maybe a Zoom call. We don't know how Saban's going to be watching the game this weekend, but I'm sure that he will be in some kind of communication with his coordinators. Reports were just in that uh, 
that the NCAA did rule that coaching from a house or anything of that manner is is outlawed. You cannot do that. So I don't think a form of anything of saving on Zoom or or phone call will be in uh, will be in the cards this weekend. So I think it will be in Stark's hands. Wow. So it looks like uh, Steve Sarkeesian will have total and unlimited power just for this weekend until Saban returns. But now let's get into our next segment, the Pickums. Sean, we have a okay slate of games this weekend. There's not a lot of top 25 matchups, just one with Georgia and Alabama. We'll get to that one last. But first, let's get into Columbia, South Carolina. Auburn is heading in to face South Carolina. They are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 51. Let's hear your call, Sean. That is the uh, dreaded 11 o'clock SEC game. Uh, I mean, regardless of how big the crowd is or not, it's always hard to get up for a game that early. Um, I got the South Carolina Gamecocks defeating Auburn and uh, winning outright. I think uh, Carolina gets it done. Uh, Carolina, in my opinion, will win the game 31-21, to defeating uh, the Auburn Tigers this weekend. I think that the Auburn Tigers are going to be fighting for Gus Malzahn's job. Even though, obviously, to the fans, he does not look like that great of a coach, it seems like he still has the locker room. I definitely think that you're going to see a fire lit under this Auburn Tigers offense because it has obviously struggled throughout the entire season. Uh, I predict that Auburn will cover the spread. They will win 26-20, to and that over-under, you can take the under on that one. Next, let's get into uh, out-of-conference game. North Carolina going into Florida State. North Carolina, the fifth-ranked team in college football, mainly due to the fact that there are no Pac-12 and Big Ten schools in the top 25. But, you know, regardless, North Carolina, the number three-ranked team, 13.5-point favorite, over-under 64. Sean, who you got? Um, Mac Brown's got those boys in uh, North Carolina playing very well out there in Raleigh. Um, I think they continue and they they even end up beating the Florida State Seminoles and continue their undefeated season. Uh, I think that the spread is covered. Uh, they will cover that 13 and a half. Uh, I got I got North Carolina winning 45 to 28 against the Florida State Seminoles this weekend. This is my upset alert. Florida State obviously has played awful this entire year, but I think North Carolina is completely and utterly overrated. A number five ranking, even without a big team or Pac-12 team in the top 25, is ridiculous in my opinion. They are no more or no better than the 15th or 16th ranked team in the country. Look for Florida State to upset the North Carolina Tar Heels. Even if you don't agree with me, bet that Florida State will at least cover the spread. And with that being said, I do not think this that w- this will be a shootout, although Mac Brown has a great offense going on in North Carolina. Florida State does not, but look for that defense to be able to put the clamps on North Carolina's offense. I'm going under 64, and Florida State covers the spread. You said Florida State was, was awful. That's an understatement. I mean, Florida State has been awful, but I really think they're going to finally click this weekend Playing against a top 25 team, let alone a quote-unquote top five team, puts a real fire under you when you're the home team. This team is going to be out for blood this weekend. I don't think North Carolina's up to the task. They better be if Norvell wants to keep his job. Yeah, he will be the second coach in the last three years to get fired if, if, if he indeed does get fired this year. 
But anyways, let's move on to Starkville, Mississippi. Texas A&M is coming into Mississippi State to play that air raid offense. A&M is a five-point favorite, and the over-under is 54. Sean, take it away. Um, I think A&M, uh, they definitely uh, they keep their winning and momentum off that huge upset last week versus the Florida Gators. Uh, Mississippi State right now don't really know the quarterback situation. Costello was benched last week in their game. Um, overall, if you look at it, I mean, it looks like the cards are playing into Jimbo Fisher's hands and the Aggies, and maybe they're looking to make a run after that one loss to Alabama, hoping to finish the rest of the season undefeated. I don't think the Aggies have too much trouble. Um, I think the uh, the Aggies win 31-10 uh, to 10 against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, um, but the over does not hit this weekend there in Starkville. You said the over does not hit. Wow. Yeah, it's rare. It's very, very rare. Very, very rare. rare. But that I, you take the I, don't try, I don't trust that Mississippi State offense uh, right now with uh, with them not having uh, their quarterback that put up all those numbers versus LSU. I don't know where that's been the last two weeks. Well, I will have to say that LSU defense is uh, uh, a hot dumpster fire this year. Yeah, and, DBU uh, is what they call it. Yeah, so. DBU. Not, yeah. not so much this year. Man. Ed Ogeron, not proud of those guys down in Louisiana. But – Moving on, that's a good point. However, I really think that Mississippi State is going to be able to cover the spread. A recurring theme throughout Texas A&M season is that they are not able to play defense. Florida, who even had a lot of mental errors and mistakes, were able to put up 38 points last week. Alabama did not have a problem. And with this air raid offense and Mike Leach looking to prove a point, I definitely think that he's out there to win. This game will be close, however, I do have Mississippi State winning by a point, but my secure bet is just to take Mississippi State in the points. I think they can cover that five easily. I've got the score being 31-230. Take the over in that game. Moving on, we're going into Kentucky versus Tennessee in Knoxville. Kentucky is a six-point underdog, and the over-under is 46. Sean? What you got? Um, I think the Volunteers get it done this weekend. I know they faced a tough Georgia team last weekend. Um, Kentucky, uh, they've been on and off this year. They look good versus Ole Miss, but, I mean, any offenses look good against them. So, overall, I think the Tennessee defense, they show up. Um, and I think that they uh, they will cover this weekend versus uh, the Wildcats. Uh, I give Tennessee the win uh, going in 38-17 uh, to 17 as the Volunteers pick up the win in Knoxville this weekend. And take the over. There you go, right back to your over right. pick. You got to do it. You know what? I think I completely agree with you there. I think Tennessee does cover, do hit the over. This Kentucky team without Lindbaum Jr. has really not you know picked up where it left off last year. The offense looks like it's struggling. I do think that we see Tennessee be able to dominate on both sides of the football. I've got Tennessee winning 24-7. I really don't like the over-under here. It's 46. That's really, really low. But Kentucky's offensive firepower is also very low. So look for Tennessee to be able to control both sides of the ball here. And last, but certainly not least, the most important game of the week across all of college football Alabama versus Georgia. Since Nick Saban has been ruled out for this game, Alabama has dropped from a six and a half point favorite now to now a four point favorite. And the over under is 56. Sean, what you got? Coming in this weekend, 
and everything that's happened, Saban being out and and Kirby look, still looking to prepare. Uh, overall, I do think Alabama gets it done. Uh, you will see you will see a different style this weekend. I don't think the Alabama defense struggles as much as they did last week. I think it'll be easy for them with Georgia being a slower paced team and allowing that defense to have more rest, as you would hope. But overall, with Alabama only being favored by four points, I give Alabama that. They they cover the spread. Give me Alabama 38, Georgia 30 as they cover and win here in Tuscaloosa this weekend and they take down the number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Once again, punching that over, no surprise there. I've got Alabama dominating the Georgia Bulldogs. Like I said earlier, Nick Saban's football teams off a loss or off some struggles are absolutely dominant for the next three or four games. Look for that here. A lot of questions about this Alabama defense. They have a lot of talent. They just haven't been able to put it together as of yet. But look for Pete Golding to be able to utilize Dylan Moses a lot in the run game and both the pass rush, being able to communicate with those outside linebackers. I think Alabama wins this 35-10. to 10. No competition whatsoever. Georgia scores a couple of late touch or a touchdown and a field goal late. I've got the under as well. I just don't think that Georgia's going to be able to score that many points, which means that Alabama is going to just flat out dominate. Punch it. Another bright thing this weekend. Let's say if Alabama were to lose, still a former assistant's never beaten Nick Saban. So we'll take that as a highlight as well. That's very true. Since Nick Saban is not coaching, his assistant can't beat him. And our guest today is William Newland from the Red and Black. William, how's it going today, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good to see you, man. Uh, let's jump right into it. So what what do you think on the Georgia offense, what do you think is the most crucial key, like what is the key part to securing a W versus Alabama this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's got to come down to uh, the running game. I mean, that's... That's how they get big chunks of yardage, yardage especially, uh, you know, Zamir White is is their top guy. Um, it's really the offensive line. When you, we saw this against uh, Tennessee last week. Um, you know, they, they weren't getting great chunk plays from their running backs. Um, you know, not an awesome effort from that offensive line, uh, which they needed against, against Tennessee's uh, front seven. Um, but, you know, going back to the Auburn game, Great push off the line. Holes were open, blocking downfield. Uh, a great rushing performance, uh, and it just really opened up their offense. And yeah, I think they'll need that against against Alabama if they if they want to get something going offensively. In your season opener versus Arkansas, uh, mm-hmm. the offense really stalled in the first half. What what do you think would be the key to make sure that if the offense stalls, you know it it doesn't stall for long? That's that's an interesting question. Um, you know, they 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 subbed in uh, Stetson Bennett uh, at the end of the first half against Arkansas, and he really got things moving. So now, you know, with him as the starter, if if he's struggling, if the O line and the running backs are struggling, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for them to to snap out of that. Um, I think I think one remedy is if they can get a little bit of momentum and start doing some some tempo offense, um, and you know if. If Bennett can can make some passes downfield, I think that's that's a huge spark for these guys. Um, you know, he's a really high energy guy, uh, and I think 
I think his teammates really rally around him once he starts to get going. So, uh, you know, they don't really have that that immediate remedy of, of subbing someone out and getting a kind of a fresh look in there. Um, although, I mean, potentially they could do that with, with JT Daniels. But, you know, I think it'll take a, a, a big play, just a, a burst to get them going again if they stall out. Definitely. I, I agree with that. Um, so getting a look at the Georgia defense versus the Alabama offense. Alabama's offense obviously has a lot of talent from the skill position to offensive line and even quarterback. Uh, what would be your key to stopping any part of that Alabama offense? Yeah, uh, against uh, Tennessee, the, that Georgia front seven, especially the linebacking court, was just, uh, I mean, just absolutely dominant. Uh, that outside rush by Aziz Ojolari, uh you know, Tennessee really didn't have an answer for it. Um, you know, as 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 long as they're continuously pressuring the quarterback, and uh, you know that that big defensive line that Georgia has is is plugging those uh, those run gaps. Um, you know, I think they'll find some find some success. I think I think they're definitely more adept at uh, at the run game uh, for sure. With, with with yeah, like I said, the line the linebackers in that in that. Uh, that line, but I think I think what it's going to come down to on defense with the way uh, Mac Jones has played, how he can just complete almost you know it seems like every one of his passes uh, and the receivers that Alabama has, I think it's going to come down to Georgia's secondary. They've played pretty well. They've got a few turnovers, uh, mostly from mistakes by uh, the opposing quarterback, and obviously Mac Jones does not make a lot of mistakes. Um, but they've been beat a couple times deep in the Tennessee game. They let up uh, two touchdown passes pretty much the identical play twice um so mistakes in the secondary i think will make you make or break this this georgia defense on saturday so on this podcast we you know do not support gambling in alabama because it is illegal however gambling is legal in other states and we always instead of doing our picks by you know I think Georgia's going to win. I think Alabama's going to win. We do the line. And Alabama right now is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. What What do you think your final out, outlook on the score prediction as well as can Georgia cover the spread? I think Georgia's going to be able to cover the spread. I think I think with the, the matchup, um, you know, obviously this is, probably, this is probably the best best offense they're going to play all year. But with how well their defense has been playing uh, – especially what they, they showed last week against Tennessee. I have a feeling this is going to be uh, a battle throughout. Uh, and, and, you know, I think they'll be able to stifle Harris enough, um, you know, and, and and be able to keep up with these Alabama receivers enough that it won't be too much. It won't be a blowout. Um, now, in terms of who's winning this game, yeah, that's, it's a tough question. Uh, I, I, think, I think Alabama has the edge, uh, you know, Alex, you and I were talking earlier. Um, you know, when, when when Alabama's coming off not their best game as they did uh, last week against Ole Miss, I think they're just going to have that that fire in their bellies, and uh, it's going to take it's going to take something big from Georgia to be able to come out on top in, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I think the last time, and this is pure speculation. I think the last time that Nick Saban lost back to back games. It was the 2008 season. Uh, he lost the SEC championship versus Florida, and then he turned around and lost the uh, Sugar Bowl to Utah. 
And mm-hmm. I, I think that is the last time that Saban has lost consecutive games. However, that you know, Alabama didn't lose to Ole Miss, but they did not do particularly well when the score is either run up or close. Alabama does tend to come out the next game with, like you said, fire in their bellies. That They've got a lot of anger towards that. Um, but that's an interesting score prediction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my score prediction, you know, I'd probably put it somewhere around 31-27, Alabama's favorite. 31-27, yeah. Alabama's favorite. Okay. I got you. Well, you heard it here, folks, covering the spread. We'll see. I really appreciate it, man. I hope you have a good one. Yeah, thank you so much, Alex. Talk to you later. And that's going to do it for the pregame presser this week. Thank you to William Newland from the Red and Black. Much appreciated for that interview. And we will see you guys next time.